Mulweni and welcome to yet another episode of the Conversations with Langosi podcast, which is powered by Anchor FM. In this episode, we talk about a freedom fighter I recently learned about, Udato Simon Kapwepwe, also known as the father of multipartism. Now, due to his dissatisfaction with the policies of the colonial Northern Rhodesian government, Mr. Kapwepe became a founding member of the Northern Rhodesian African Congress in 1948. The party was soon renamed the African National Congress under the leadership of Herring Kumbula. Ndate Kapwepe was a member of the National Executive and became Secretary of the Ketwe Branch. As we dive into the life lived by Udata and the experience he had whilst leading, don't turn a blind eye on the red flags that appear. And if you want to read up on it, do check my blog out. The link is provided below. Once again, thank you for tuning in and I hope that this is insightful. Let us get into Ndata Simon Kapoepe's early life. Guys, uh, guys, 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 I just wanted to highlight the fact that I did not know about Udato Simon Kapoepe until I looked up Ndata Kenneth Kawunda. I don't know why, but there was a link that just, you know, it, it was like, there, there's this person, guys, there's this father of multipartism. I was like, father of multipartism in Africa. So I had to click because it was quite interesting. Multipartism, you're telling me this is the father of multipartism. You understand? Let us just. So when I clicked onto the link and I read and I watched the videos that were there, I felt betrayed, not by the system, but by uh, my fellow brothers and sisters of the soil that normally share such things with me so it was a matter of but guys how did we skip this one you know anywho enough about me Ndata Simon Kapepe was born on the 12th of April in the year 1922 at the Chinsali district which is based in the northern province of um, northern Rhodesia now, Chinsali was remote from the country's urban centers and it was also an area of early educational development due to the presence of two rival missions. Now, the Presbyterian Livingstonia Mission was the first, which is, you know, of the United Free Church of Scotland, situated in Lubwa. And I say it's the first because it was there, it started existing. Yeah, well... There in Lubwa, next to the Colway River from 1913. And then the Roman Catholic White Fathers Mission, which followed after, um, is situated in Ilondola and Yona. It started existing in that area from 1934. Right. So, um, yeah, and about the missions, we all know. There's no African who doesn't know about the whole mission mission thing because, uh, in as much as I, I I was no I'm still no fan of missions, but they contributed, you know, um, with equipping 
our revolutionaries and freedom fighters with the knowledge that they actually needed. Yeah, bo. So, yes, there's a love and hate relationship on my end. And, you know, um, with regards to the missions. But, um, yeah, that's that, guys. Um, as we continue, um, Dada David Kawunda from Malawi became Chinsali's first missionary. He also um, was Dada Kenneth Kawunda's father. Interesting, right? Who became the first African Prime Minister of Northern Rhodesia in 1963 and in the first president of Zambia in 1964. Dada Simon Kapwepe became the country's second vice president. Interesting, right? I mean, I really didn't know about Dada Kapwepe. Like, literally, guys. Anywho... Um, his primary education started in Chinsali. Standard 3 and 4 were done in Wezo, which is also another mission of Livingstonia. And then in 1942-43, he did his Standard 5 and 6 in Lubwa. Right. And then Dade Kapwepwe became a driver at the Public Works Department in 1944 and then in 1945, a primary school teacher at Lubwa. In September of 1947, he went to Tanganyika looking for work together with Mr. Kenneth Kawunda. And then in June 1948, he became an assistant welfare officer of the Kitwe Municipal Council in the Chingola district and then a teacher at the Wusagile Primary School in Kitwe. I did not plug you guys, but there is a Budmadume Mapala who is from the township of Sisheho in Limpopo, and he happens to be um, an electrical engineering graduate who actually creates beautiful price stands out of old geezers, guys. Old geezers, you understand? Recycling on another level. Now, he says the idea came after he saw an abandoned old geezer, you know, at his parents' backyard. Guys, if you see them, they are so beautiful. The color, the design, it's just, it's smooth, it's proper, man, quality. It's, it's, his work is amazing. You can hit him up um, on this number. 082 And yes, he is on Twitter. His handle is at 
Madume Matsui. Do not say I did not plug you. And we're back. Let us get into the struggle for independence. Now, due to Udata's dissatisfaction with the policies of the colonial Northern Rhodesian government, Ndate Kapoepe became a founding member of the Northern Rhodesian African Congress back in 1948. The party was soon renamed the African National Congress under the leadership of Dato um, Heringombula. Now, Dato Kapoepe was a member of the National Executive and became the Secretary of the Kitwe branch. And guys, I did not know that there was an African National Congress that existed outside South Africa. Um, quite interesting, good to know. And amazing info to learn as a product of the organization, literally. <laughs> um, as we move on, Ndate Kapwepwe secured an Indian Village Industrial Scholarship in 1950. He then stayed in Bombay from 1950 to 1954 after studying Hindi in Nairobi. Now, subjects he studied were pottery and journalism. And then in October of 1953, the Central African Federation, which is known as the Federation of Rhodesia and Nyasaland, was created. Now, the African majority's opposition to this new entity was organized by the ANC, but it was unsuccessful. Now, when Datuka Pepe made his comeback to Northern Rhodesia in January 1955, he found that the ANC was leaderless due to the imprisonment of both Utato Heren Kombula and Utato Hen, uh, Kenneth Gawonda for a period of two months for distributing literature which was considered subversive. Now, Ndate Kapwepe then became the acting president of the ANC when Ndate Kumbula returned from prison. He appointed Udaduka Puebwe to the position of acting provincial um, organizer for the northern province. And then later on in August 1956, Dadukapuebe became treasurer of the ANC based in Lusaka. Dadunkumbula's alleged autocratic leadership style and his willingness to accept participation in the national elections of 1958 allowed the vote to only 25 25,000 Africans guys 25,000 Africans now this led to a rift within the ANC now Daduka Puebue together with Daduka Wunda Sigota Wina and others broke away and formed the Zambia African National Congress in October 1958. The party was declared illegal in March 1959 
and its leaders were placed under a banning order. Imagine, guys, imagine. Now, Datuka Puepue was then sent to Mongo in Barotseland. And then in 1960, Tatuka Puepue and Tatuka Wunda attended the Federal Review Conference in London together with uh, Abut Mainza Chona and Bapherin Kumbula. Now this conference is the conference that marked the beginning of the end of the Central African Federation and it laid the foundations for Zambia and Malawi's independence as for Southern Rhodesia, not as yet, guys. Not as yet, but that was at that time, right? Now, during Northern Rhodesia's elections held in October of 1962, Datuka Puepue challenged Dawuti Yamba and won convincingly. The results of the election was a UNIP um, slash ANC coalition government in which Datuka Puepue was given the post of being the Minister of African Agriculture. After the independence era, the general elections held in 1964 resulted in a win by UNIP with 55 seats as opposed to the ANC's 10 seats. Daduka Puepue was given the post Minister of Home Affairs then. So he moved from Minister of Agriculture to Minister of Home Affairs now. All right. And then in September of 1964, he was appointed Minister of Foreign Affairs and held that post for three years. During that time, he lambasted the British government for failing to intervene after Rhodesia's unilateral declaration of independence by Ian Smith, the leader of the Rhodesian Front in 1965. Despite their friendship from childhood, Datuka Puepue and Datuka Wunda drifted apart after leading Zambia to independence. Later on in 1967, Datuka Puepue led a rebellion within UNIP. Guys, it's U-N-I-P, but I pronounce it as UNIP. And then he stood against Mr. Ruben Kamanga and won the UNIP's position of deputy leader. Datuka Wunda consequently promoted him to, you know, the position of vice president. And so Utatuka um, Puepue then used his new position to push economic policies that differed from Kawunda's, but his views were sidelined. He also campaigned for the preservation of Zambian culture through the teaching of indigenous languages in schools, which is a good thing. South Africans, I hope we are taking notes, guys. Cannot come and tell me what Afrikaans is an indigenous language. It is not. It's not. 
you understand that learning is school and shouldn't even be a privilege guys no 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 i i heard someone uh, talking about mandarin being introduced how when our own um native languages are not taught and you cannot teach me my native language only in a township school and then when i go to a suburban uh, and even that thing man something must happen guys something must happen ah uh-uh. then when you go to suburban you have more french uh, africans there's options no guys what happened to susutu Venda? Eh? or even swahi oh swahili mm. i feel like swahili should be compulsory in all african countries and all african schools because swahili is swahili guys you know Anywho, as we move on, in August 1969, Daduka Puepe offered to resign from the vice presidency as well as the deputy leadership of the UNIP. And the move was um, precipitated by um, um, the tribal friction that existed within the, UN, uh, the UNIP. We understand that time, the very same Daduka Wunda did not want to lose him. So he managed to dissuade him from taking that move. However, in October of 1970, Datuka Wunda replaced Datuka Puepe with Mainza Chona for the, po- uh, the post of vice president. So before anything, they sideline his policies, we understand, mainly because they differ. I mean, they differ from Datuka Wunda's. And then when he wants to leave, they tell him not to. And then they replace him from his post as vice president with someone else. I'd leave. I would leave. And so um, Daduka Puepo was then allowed to keep the post of minister of culture and minister of local government. Yeah, Ibo, guys, this is a toxic relationship. Sorry to say, but yeah, no. Tatuka Puepe's life in the UNIP began drawing to an end when he was linked with rumors of a new party called the United Progressive Party UP that had been formed on the Copper Belt. Now, Datuka Puepe obviously did not own up until Datuka Wunda dismissed four cabinet ministers on suspicion of being clandestine members of this new party. In August of 1971, Datuka Puepe resigned from UNIP and the government. This was then followed by an announcement that he made, which confirmed that he was the leader of the UPP. Okay, guys, I'm going to read um, something that I found. You know, a young inch, uh, a young yo, a young extract, um, which will I'd like to think shed some light on the weirdness of Kapwebo and Kavunda's relationship in a way. Okay. In December 1971, he won a by-election for the Mufulira West constituency and became his party's sole representative in parliament. Kawunda was not pleased with this development. So on the 4th of February 1972, he banned the UPP and imprisoned 122 members of the party, including Daduka Puepue. 
Kawunda's excuse was that UPP was an instrument of the Rhodesian, South African and Portuguese governments which favored white minority rule. Kapwepwe was kept in prison until 31st of December 1972 and by then Kawunda backed by strong political ties with China <laughs> so, so guys listen to this wait before I finish off the Chinese were critical of European colonial rule of African territories therefore sided with a number of African freedom fighters like Kawunda during the liberation struggles for independence. See Taylor 2006 for an analysis of Sino-African relationship. Okay, guys, now that's a link and that is a plug. Um, I'll also um, just also share the link where I got this extract because it seems to be hinting where we can also get more info. Right. So, um, Kawunda had neutralized any threat that Kapwepe could pose. The Chona mission under the chairmanship of Mainza Chona was appointed in February 1972 to make recommendations for the constitution of a one-party participatory democracy, which is also known as a one-party state. Now, wait, 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 guys. So you you suspect, I'm just trying to understand something that Ndata Simon Kapwepe is working with, you know, your Southern African and your, you don't have proof, you haven't proved it, and there's nothing that points in the Portuguese governments towards that. But because now this person is no longer under your rule, and this is from my view, guys, I'm not attacking anyone, okay, so don't come for me. <laughs> this is from my, literally. You understand? If you're going to come here and then say, Hore, you don't trust Mna or my party, mainly because at first you undermined it, right? And whenever you heard about it, you deal with those people that are, seem to be found within within the withins of that thing, right? When, based on your suspicions, then you come and you arrest 122 members, mm? including your own childhood friend. The very same person whose policies were sidelined in an organization that you were the leader of. And then every time anyone to leave, you'd go back and say, don't leave. So I, I don't know, man. It's just weird, okay? We're done with that extract, guys. But it's just weird. Like, literally. Weirdness on another level. Any, as we move on. After attending four months of public hearings, the commission's report was submitted to Dato Kawunda in October of 1972. The Second Republic was inaugurated on the 1st of January 1973, the day after Dato Kawunda was released from detention. Look at the timing, guys. Please look at the timing. So a day after Dato Kawunda was released from detention, then there's a second republic that is being inaugurated. So Tatu Kapepe was released on the 31st of December. You are, guys, I know. Oh. Despite the fact that they had already bullied him, they continued to harass him, guys, even after he had been politically emasculated. 
He was arrested in February 1973 for illegal possession of two guns and he was given a two-year suspended sentence. The UNIP's control over Zambian media led to propaganda being spread. The media reported that Datuka Pepe had sent people for military training outside Zambia. Hi guys, first, you ban this man's organization, right? Without proof, but based on allegations and suspicions, you then jail people, including him. And even after him being jailed and only released gay 31 got December, you go back and you arrest him again in February for, for, for unlicensed um, weapons. And then you give him a two-year suspended sentence. That's not enough. Yours is to continue with the propaganda and misinformation to further taint his image. Uh-uh. Uh-uh, guys. No. Uh-uh. Yeah, but one thing I dislike about tribalism is this. He sued the Zambian Broadcasting Services, the Times of Zambia, and the Zambia Daily Mail for libel, and won when he provided, I mean, when he proved that they had made false reports. Taduka Puepue then turned his back on politics and went on to live on his farm in Tinsali. I would do this myself, guys, like literally. After all of this, hey, and that was mainly because he believed in the existence of more than one political party. He believed in the idea of a state obviously being run by multiple parties, like how things are done here in South Africa. And for that... He was jailed, he was silenced, he was sidelined, and then propaganda and misinformation started making its rounds. I must say, this man was a strong man. Very, very strong. And um, I'd like to also believe it was mainly because he had a family that supported him back at home. The wife was also a very strong woman. This is what she had to endure, literally. Because now it's a matter of you need to hold Nyenako's hand and, and, and continue being supportive. But now, how? When his childhood friend is doing such things to him? Sure. Oh, guys, yeah, no. In the spirit of national unity, which was fake, Tatuka Wunda asked Utatuka Puepue to return to the UNIP in September 1977. And Tateka Puepue did. And when he tried to test the sincerity of the request made by his friend, when he stood for the 1978 presidential nomination, he was disqualified. Disqualified. So my friend comes to me and says, listen, in the spirit of unity, come back. I go back. When I decide to run, 
I'm then disqualified because of certain changes that were now made to the constitution. My last minute when I decided to stand, no man. Make it make sense, guys. Please make it make sense because Upper Womit doesn't. You understand? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Like this man was strong. Literally. After all of this going, hey boy, hey boy, he was strong, Shem. And to for this man to still call himself a friend, I really don't know. May both their souls continue to rest in peace. And we thank them for their contributions to the struggle. Thank you for lending an ear and tuning in. I hope that you found this insightful. More than anything, guys, this problem that we have in Africa with tribalism is something that really needs to be looked into. That thing needs to be dealt with um, because it's, 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 it's one of the root causes of the problems that we have in this con- uh, continent, even in my country. Like literally, tribalism is the worst thing that you could ever make a fellow African graduate from and have a PhD in. What is this thing with the hate? You understand? That's one thing that the colonizer would have wanted. The slave maker would have wanted. So xenophobic comments and xenophobia or anything along those lines is just wrong. And it's something that you cannot justify. Yeah, but black on black hate. I hate that with everything in me. Because our unity serves as a threat to everyone who contributed to the enslavement of our people. Tribalism, populism, whoa, don't come here with those things and tell me about those. I hate those with everything in me. And Mugala, even within a friendship, tribalism was a problem. Imagine if the two actually, imagine if Tatu Simon was actually allowed to to run for president and actually become without the, the strings of tribalism being attached somewhere. Because I'm telling you now, suspecting that the Southern African and the Portuguese government have something to do with something that I fellow, hey guys, no, make it make sense, especially here, someone that was under your nose this whole time. Yeah, but, so I don't know if people, when they get to power, they then want to hold on to it for as long as they can and they look for, but it must stop that thing. Yona, it must stop, Shem. Anywho, um, enjoy the rest of your day, morning, evening, you name it. Thank you for lending in here. Yeah, if you have any suggestions, questions, please do click on that voice note link provided below and send a voice note if you do not feel like uh, me, um, I mean your voice or listening or hearing your voice on you know, the episode. <laughs> feel free to comment where the space is provided on the platforms where you can actually access this podcast or send an email guys via the Langosi rights at gmail um, 
with.com on Dondonius. Once again, thank you so much for lending in. Yeah, thank you so much for giving me your time. Click on that subscribe button and press the notification bell so that you do not miss any new episodes.